the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. So what will the Spirit not do? That's what we're looking at today as we continue our study in the book of Galatians. Won't you join us? Truth for Today with Pastor Phil Howard is next. We can say the devil made me do it, and we can even accuse the Holy Spirit of sending us down a road that wasn't right. At the end of the day, it is our own choice. Welcome to Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. When we stand before God, we stand before Him with our sin. Not what somebody else made us do, but what we did. And along those lines, we learn from Galatians chapter 5 just where the Holy Spirit will never lead us. We have no excuses that we can come up with where the Holy Spirit is the culprit. With more, here's Pastor Phil and today's broadcast of Truth For Today. Acts of the flesh, how do they interpret and view people? He names eight ways. First of all, the flesh finds it easy to hate people. Is that not amazing? Look at it. The first thing he mentions is hatred. I don't hate anybody. Have you ever heard that? And uh, they just beat up their wife or just cussed out something. But I don't hate. I'm a good person. Well, hate. Uh, It's uh, when men hate God, surely they'll hate one another. And he mentions this right at the top of the list. How can you shoot somebody without a second thought? Hate. How can you be a racist without guilt? Hate. How can you be a pedophile? Hate. Why are the streets of Richmond where I grew up so dangerous? Hate. Don't get in the way of what I want. Because hate is a work of the flesh. Cain hated his brother Abel. And Abel was doing something noble. And then it goes from hate to discord. And uh, we get the words uh, quarreling, wrangling. Uh, It was a word to just like to argue uh, like to differ. Uh, you know, did you know you're to be a source of unity in the body of Christ? That when you come in this room, did you know it, there's an opinion setting on every pew? Let's see, in some pews, there's about 10 opinions. We don't lack opinions. Uh, sometimes we lack people who know to name the things that we have in common. What do we have in common? I'm reading a biography of uh, Abraham Lincoln with Malice Toward None by Stephen Oates and how he fought desperately to keep the two sides together. 
But uh, when he's going from Springfield to be put into the office, they, he hasn't even got into the White House yet, and they have to get him there another route because death threats are on him. He wanted to preserve a union. And did you know that hard-headed, stubborn people can destroy a nation? And cost 500,000 men's lives because we just can't work out our differences. We just got to bloody up America over an issue. What about Sunnis and Shiites? And what about some churches that used to be vibrant? And all of a sudden they got into a quarrel about something. All so-called spirit-filled. And always, you know, Christians, when you get into a quarrel, you know I'm right. And he warns, when we, especially, set up for a quarreling spirit that we must know the spirit does not lead in those kinds of attitudes. He mentions a word that uh, is hard to get a handle on. Uh, he mentions jealousy. And if you look down in verse uh, 20, uh, 21, uh, and he mentions also envy. And these two words overlap. And uh, let me tell you a little bit about jealousy. Uh, it was used three ways. Once, it's the word zealous. And it was used of those who had great devotion towards God. Good, good use. Use of Phinehas in Numbers 25, who killed a person for they were sinning. And his zeal for the Lord moved him to anger, took their life because they were messing with Moses and God's holiness. Boom! And Moses had made his name go down in history as being zealous for the Lord. Great use of it. But the same word, it had an idea of anger attached to devotion, as in Phineas' case. So it was zeal for God, a zeal that would lead you to an anger. And you always got to be careful there. You want to try to be angry at issues and not at people. But then the third use of it was uh, an unfriendly attitude about another's well-being or gain. A, a, a dis-ease in you when another seems to be doing good. And what really plays off of that is the word envy. Envy is never used good. Jealousy has good uses. God's jealous, not envious, except one place. He said in James 4, 5, the Spirit envies in us that our bodies would be used by the Spirit alone. So he uses it that one way, but a little, to give you a handle, jealousy is that Spirit when it's used negatively. I resent your uh, favor. I resent maybe your possessions. Sometimes it's not that I want what you've got. I just resent the fact you've got it. Envy. Pain that springs not from the fact that the beholder does not possess the fine thing. It springs from the fact that the other person does. You know one of the greatest tests you can have is when one of your peers seem to be getting more than you. Whether finance, favor, uh, recognition, 
that uh, you, you're willing to suffer with them, but if they get a promotion, I've seen men, their spirit just died when a peer was promoted over them. Because this work of the flesh, it's a green-eyed monster. It can, and it really can work in any realm. It can work greatly in the church realm. That somebody else is getting more recognition or someone else is being uh, recognized more. And they, they haven't even mentioned me. And on one hand, there could be a neglect, a failure to appreciate evenly. But there's something in our own spirit that says, if you never get recognized, would it be okay to just do it for God? Could you do it and wait for the final approval to be before Jesus Christ? Because the love of praise never has any end, according to Scripture. And it's like honey. Too much of it will make you sick. And so he mentions there's something in us that just the flesh just can thrive on jealousy or envy and... uh, that pain uh, that when we see someone else do well, that do you rejoice or do you resent? Do you, uh, do you start complaining to God? Well, I've been faithful to you. Why did you let that nincompoop get the promotion instead of me? Why me and why them? It will go on forever. Lewis said that pride always thrives off of comparisons. And once we live in the comparison world, sometimes you'll either be overrating yourself, I'm better than them, or you'll be feeling sorry for yourself, I'm not being treated as good as them. It never ends. So it's a work of the flesh that uh, loves to grab us by the throat and throw us to the ground. He goes on to say that uh, we go on to fits of rage. Now, I'm sure no one here is into that, uh, at least during the AM service. Um, this word is a word that meant uh, expressive anger. It's used of God. God can be angry, and it's good. He said he's angry every day in the Psalms. We always talk about his love, but he says in the Psalms he gets angry every day. Isn't that amazing? God gets angry every day. That's the only way some of you are like God. You like to follow his anger. The only problem is anger with us uh, is a dangerous thing. It's like a match. Uh, there's nothing, is there anything wrong with the match? Uh, I'll start the barbecue today with a match. My electric ladder isn't working right, so I have to throw a match. Nothing wrong with it. But you're looking at one of the world's greatest fire bugs until I was about eight. Uh, my folks used to buy apples. You remember when they used to buy apples and they're all wrapped in the paper? Way back, every apple would be wrapped. Well, when that folks had got that, I'd get back in the pantry and I'd throw matches and light them. Well, that wasn't too good. Uh, got a few spankings over that. 
Then one day, my brother Paul was taking uh, violin lessons, and he was in one bedroom. I was in the other bedroom. My folks drove up. Houses on fire. I'd set the mattress on fire. Paul's over here playing while Rome burns. He doesn't even know what's going on in the next room. And uh, finally, my dad, and they get in there, they have to throw the mattress out. I'm, uh, I'm about four years old, four or five. Always matches. Set fields on fire all the time. I'd set fields. I mean, no wonder David went into firework. Uh, he grew up with me as a firebug. But there's nothing wrong with a match. But a match can ignite something that's hard to control. And anger's that way. It's a match in you that sometimes needs to be lit. But it's where that match goes and where that fire is directed that determines whether it's going to heat up the house or burn down the house. And here he's talking about anger that's out of control. I cannot tell you how much... Have you heard of anger management classes? I don't think if you, if you refuse to come under the control of the Spirit, I, the class may give you all humans can say, but some men, some women, there's only one power that's going to be able to conquer their temper, and it's the work of the Spirit. And when He fills you, you don't operate off of anger all the time, because anger either blows up, clams up, but it never produces anything good unless... It's under the control of the Spirit, and you take that emotion that could be used for good, and you simply use it for good, but not for evil. It's dangerous, but outfits, just fits of rage, and out of control, homes that are fighting, kids being boxed, women threatened, guns. I mean, it goes on and on and on. And he says, it's a work of the flesh. It's evidence of our sin, and the Spirit never leads the believer there. It's big time sin. Well, I'm just angry. I just can't help it. You can't help it if you trust the Holy Spirit. It's going to be very destructive. It's going to destroy those around you plus yourself. Hot-headed people are fools, according to Scripture. And hot-headed people are never to be promoted in the work of God. If your own spirit's not under control, how could God ever use you to lead anybody else? And I know about being hot-headed. Oh, believe me. I've lost many a battle in my early Christian life, in sports especially. Sports gets things going. And I was in Helms. I remember that. And I was always witnessing to this guy named Don Cena, lived in Leroy Heights. And I'm going through Helms. I'd witness to him walking home from school, but I'd hit him during P.E., because we'd be playing in the heat of basketball, and if he just kind of did something, you know, if it was a, you know, of course, everything he did was illegal. Everything I did was illegal. And, but, you know, we just get in the heat up and everything, and I forget, man, watch it. And then on the way home, I'd say, you know, God loves you, Don. God wants to see you saved. And, and, and one day he said, well, man, when is he going to control your temper? So what's temper got to do with being a Christian? So, well, I'm getting tired of being hit every day in PE. You always pick on guys you know you can whip. I never had temper problems around bigger guys. It just came under control. That wife of yours was a black belt specialist. You could control it better. Sign up for black belt immediately. Well, he goes on to selfish ambition, and I have five minutes, and I'll rush.
selfish ambition, admit the canvas for office. There was someone who did things for wages. So they were always campaigning for themselves because uh, their, greatest, their greatest product in life and their greatest sales job was to sell themselves. And so the flesh will uh, easily make you uh, promote yourself. I find getting in the shadow of the cross, it's sure hard to promote yourself in the shadow of a crucified Savior. And um, Carl F. H. Henry was being interviewed in Kurt Cancer. And someone asked Carl F. H. Henry, with all of his notoriety, what had kept him humble, what had kept his head through it all. He said, I, said, I guess living in the shadow of the cross. It's hard to promote oneself too much and follow a crucified Savior. I am um, determined when I started preaching. I wasn't any good at it anyway, but at least I said, I won't be handing out cards and telling guys to have me to preach. If God's not big enough to call and open doors, what am I doing promoting myself? And so I said, I'll step through the doors you open. It's even valley. God opened a door. You know what it was? A dance hall and no people. Nobody called me here but God. I talked to my mom and dad in coming. Had to beg them. My sister. I came here because God told me to come here, not because anybody made a big offer. Going to pay for our baby. Going to give me a big salary. I said, Lord, I'll go anywhere I hear your voice. I'd say to you, dear child of God, never sell yourself. Promote your Savior, and he can open more doors than you can keep track of. He's the door opener. He goes on. He says, dissensions, factions. Gets a little depressing, doesn't it? Uh, dissensions or divisions. And then the factions was used of uh, free will. And it really meant the power of choice. And uh, I think it's amazing how many churches have been ruined through the power of choice. What we did in early church life, we taught everybody to vote and not everybody to serve. Teach everybody that membership is a vote instead of responsibility. We voted on so many crazy things that just helped to split our churches that never needed to be voted on. We just needed somebody to obey and do God's will. But the flesh loves to pick up sides and pit people against one another. He says, the flesh will produce drunkenness. I love what Lincoln said about drink. He says, uh, alcohol may have many defenders, but no defense. I thought that's powerful for a guy that grew up on moonshine in Indiana and Kentucky, all around these guys. He says, uh, the Spirit of God will never lead you to get drunk. What he will do is get filled with the Spirit rather than to be influenced by anything else, anything that would intoxicate you. He says, for it leads to revelings. And that really, uh, I think our uh, word is carousing parties. 
Let's, let's get some booze, let's get some drugs, and let's party all weekend. And uh, America is partying herself on the way to hell. Uh, when we have the least amount of hope, the least amount of stability in our homes, and when everything's up for grabs, who's going to win in Iraq? Iran, I just read today, pouring thousands of troops into Iraq. Hamas has just taken over Gaza. What's going to happen in the near... We don't know. We're living on the precipice of tumultuous times all the time. And some just simply say, let's party away the weekend. Let's forget that we're on the deck of the Titanic. He says, dear child of God, remain sober, remain vigilant for the night is far spent and the Lord any moment may come and I want to thank God the Holy Spirit's job in us is to lead us from this desperate cesspool of negative human traits that he leads us away from all that pettiness all of those vices and he's going to lead us to the fruit of the Spirit and we'll look next week at what the fruit looks like and what it really means walk in the spirit and you absolutely will not go towards any one of these 15 works of the flesh he says something interesting and other sins like these I've only given you a little sample all of which those who practice them practice them will not inherit the kingdom of God let me ask you this do Christians ever get uh, out of control with anger I'll close my eyes and ask the questions. Do, do believers ever fall into I- immorality? Does it say they're unsaved if they fall into them? That's what you want to watch. First John says we sin. Paul uses and does John heavy emphasis on practitioners. Their whole way of life is this. So let us not be quick to say you don't know God because you did this have you ever been jealous of the sin that maybe no one would know but you and God have you ever been factious in spirit that you're choosing of sides and you're campaigning for your view and here we go all of that through because I'm always right I'm going to win the case instead of just resting in God the idea is this must be an old way of life it may be a temptation we may succumb at times but it is never to be the term we put on your epitaph here lies brother so and so the most jealous man we've ever known or here lies deacon so and so we never knew if he was faithful to his wife did you know what the word of God says that the early church when they looked for men Paul said in 1 Timothy 3 I want you to pick men that are a one-woman kind of man. They have eyes for one woman, and they're safe. Because the Spirit of God saves that deep, scrubs, scrubs out the heart, scrubs out vulgarity, scrubs out the dirt, so that we're able to have a divine viewpoint of one another. What a marvelous work the cross does. Our Father... Help us to walk in the Spirit. And I know you will never lead me towards the works of the flesh. Search me, O God, and know my heart. 
If you see any evil way working in me or the people under the sound of the word, if there's an evil, evil bent working and growing in their heart, oh Lord, scrub it out. Remove it. Let sin dash us on the rocks. And we could be permanently set aside. Oh, deliver us from what we're capable of when we don't walk in reliance on your Spirit. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. And this is Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. Questions, comments about the program, as always, we would love to hear from you. You can reach out to us by visiting our website, truthfortodayradio.org, or by giving us a call, 855-833-9864. If you've got a question for Pastor Phil, you can use your smartphone. The Voice Memo app on that smartphone is a great way to reach out to us with your questions, praise reports, and comments. Simply record your question, who you are, where you're calling from, and then email it to us, tftquestions at valleybible.org. Again, that's tftquestions at valleybible.org. And again, as always, you'll find more information about Truth For Today at our website, truthfortodayradio.org, or by calling 855-833-9864. Now, Truth For Today is a listener-supported ministry. We have friends and family members who have come alongside to financially support the ministry to ensure that it continues on this radio station. Would you be a part of that family, that friendship? We'd love to hear from you. Reach out to us again. You can securely donate at truthfortodayradio.org or by calling 855-833-9864. And then come back and join us next time for another broadcast of Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. Blessed be the name.